Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Aligned and Thriving. This podcast, we dive deep into the latest developments of health and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Bullimore. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Dr. Anthony Evans. And today, we are going to dabble into some of the intricacies of ADD, ADHD. Welcome, sir. What's going on? Hey, man. Good to be joining you back again. This is uh, this is a, a big topic and uh, pretty complex and evolving. And uh, so I'm pretty excited to unpack it with you. Um, you know, it's much like many of the other modern day diagnoses that many of our members come to us for uh, kind of assistance with. We don't directly treat, you know, the diagnosis of ADHD or ADD per se, um, but we rather try to assist and empower our members to, you know, look at the lifestyle and, and help restore their health by maintaining, you know, optimal health parameters in these different pillars of health that we'll kind of get into, you know, and identifying those root causes maybe or deficiencies in the way they eat, move and think. And so uh, this is another great topic to talk about how these lifestyle factors may really help uh, somebody dealing with, you know, a condition like ADHD or ADD. So, um, but important to note that we're not directly trying to treat ADHD or anything, um, but also kind of co- labor with maybe your medical doctor to uh, deal with the lifestyle stuff that you might not be thinking about and uh, it may really make a difference for you. So yeah, yeah this could be a fun one, man. I'm, I'm totally stoked about this one. Well, absolutely. Um, and like you'd mentioned, we're, we're not treating ADD. We're, you know, it's, it's co-laboring. We're also not diagnosing ADD, ADHD. Um, and, and, you know, one of the reasons we'll, why we wanted to yeah why we wanted to talk of this is i have a personal experience with this and i'll i'll kind of touch a little bit about that here in a sec but kind of give us a little brief overview of some of the kind of some of the lifestyle interventions we're going to kind of talk about yeah of course dr bullmore you know adhd it's a neuroimmune development disorder uh with with a multifaceted etiology and you know there's not an exact cause uh that's kind of still remains elusive but research has kind of shown a strong hereditary component to it so there is that factor um it's crucial to note that adhd isn't confined to childhood um you know it's often persistent in adolescence and adulthood and um you know with changing symptoms and types and severity depending on the individual so yeah so as far as you know, I had touched on, I had a, you know, kind of a personal history with this. I personally suffer from um, ADHD and I did not, this isn't something that I was diagnosed with, you know, at, at a younger age. This actually, I'm not even a year into um, my diagnosis. And, you know, one of the things that I think people should know is ADD, ADHD is not, there's, there's not a lab that you can draw that is, is going to give a definitive diagnosis. It's more, uh, what we would, we, what we would refer to as like a clinical diagnosis. So you're going to go through and you're going to typically fill out, um, a questionnaire, uh, based upon common symptoms. And based upon those answers, 
is is where you'll kind of get your your essential diagnosis. Um, I pulled this up on uh, this is from actually on the CDC's website, and the the diagnostic criteria and and what providers uh, medical providers are using to diagnose ADD is what's called a, a DSM five, which is let me see what that actually stands for. Uh, it's diagnostic and statistical. No, that's not right. Maybe it is diagnostic and statistical manual. Anyways, that doesn't really matter. Um, so here, there's two pieces, two pieces to, uh, the ADD, ADHD diagnosis. There's a, an inattentive piece, and then there's a, a hyperactivity and an, an impulsivity piece. When you're, According to the CDC, if you're 16 years and, and younger or up to 16 years and younger, you have to have six or more symptoms of inattention. Um, and I'm not going to go through and, and read those verbatim, um, but if you want to look them up, you, you are more than welcome to. Um, after 16, so 17 and older and into adulthood, that uh, number drops down to five. And then same rules apply for the hyperactivity and the impulsivity piece. It's six or more if you're 16 or younger, um, and then five or more if you're 17 and essentially older. And so that's, you know, so people all ask, like, what's the difference between ADD, ADHD? I think, um, and don't quote me on this, I think that's kind of the, if you just have the inattention piece, I I'm pretty sure you're typically diagnosed with ADD. If you have the inattention with little impulsivity, hyperactivity, that's where you'll get the ADD, ADHD, excuse me, um, diagnosis. So for me personally, um, I, I guess, how, how did I go down this path? I have struggled with anxiety, oh, probably the last four or five years years. Um, a lot of my personal anxiety was around social situations. So if I'm around a larger group of people, um, I tend to have more anxious feelings. Uh, if I am, obviously, everybody gets anxious talking in front of people. Um, like if you're presenting, stuff like that, that that's pretty common. So for me, sometimes that was uh, sometimes overwhelming. And so I managed my anxiety uh, medication. I did some uh, mindfulness therapy exercise seemed to help, but I never felt that I was um, like it, it was helping fully i i like i never felt you know when i was going dealing with that that um that i was cured and i think everybody who deals with anxiety you know never never fully gets to that point um and you know seeing my son kind of you know in school and both my actually both my kids in school and and just you know kind of talking to some of their teachers um, that kind of spurred me to look a little bit more into this. 
Um, my son suffers from ADD. And so my wife encouraged me to talk to my primary care doctor about this. Um, and so as I've gone through this journey and, and learned a little bit more about, um, about ADD and ADHD, um, it really, for me, makes sense listening to or learning a lot more of what I struggled with, you know, early on. Um, I personally, I fidget a lot. So if I'm sitting, I'll kind of bounce my knee up and down a lot. And, you know, if I'm sitting like on a bench with somebody, especially my wife, it drives her crazy because <laughs> I'm just like, my motor's running. Why? I have, you know, I have no, I have no control over it. Um, and a lot of with, you know, a lot of people with ADD and ADHD, the, the dopamine receptors are a lot less in, in, in our brains. And so we try to do things that, that help, um, produce a little bit more dopamine. So a lot of people tend to, if you see a lot of, um, people who are into, um, like adrenaline junkies, a lot of those individuals tend to uh, have some level of ADD, ADHD, because they're trying to increase that, you know, that happy hormone, that dopamine to, to fulfill because they don't, you know, they don't have those receptors. And, and me early on, I really, that I was all about that. I was an adrenaline junkie and, um, that, you know, I used that to try to, to kind of fill the void um, fast forward to today, I have been on, in, on medication and, and typically the, you know, when you, you know, if you do decide to, to get on medication prescribed for your medical doctor, um, there's a lot of different ones to use and some, some of them may work better than others. It, it took a couple of different med changes for me to find the one that, um, that works the best. So, you know, symptom wise, you know, some of them just really knocked me on my butt where I couldn't function others. Um, I didn't really notice too much of an effect. And then once I found the one that works, um, that we just kind of stuck with that. Um, but from, you know, how do I kind of continue to manage? I am a big, and I've learned this, um, probably more so now um, that I'm doing what I'm doing now. Um, but I, like, I have to do checklists. I have to write things down, um, because I will forget. And so people, if you have family members that suffer from ADD, ADHD, it's, we, we, we struggle with that. We struggle with, you tell us something, we're going to forget it. Um, unless we, it, we write it down. And so that is one thing that if I don't write it down, um, or if, if I get told, Hey, you know, by my wife, Hey, we're going to do something this day. Um, I have to have it in my calendar or else I'm more than likely not, not going to remember. Um, so that's kind of my story of it. Yeah, I was going to go back to the uh, the DSM five. The way I kind of understand it is, it's kind of a questionnaire that your practitioner yep. might use based on how you answer those questions. They score it, and then they might put you in a mild, moderate, or severe category. Right. Um, 
I think it kind of perpetuates the chemical imbalance kind of theory, which is, you know, the idea that certain mental disorders are caused by imbalances in the chemicals of the brain. Right. Um, I'd say the changes in diagnosis criteria have kind of sparked some debate, particularly concerning overdiagnosis and excessive medication use. Um, it's critical, it's critical, kind of critical to differentiate between ADHD and maybe just active behavior, right. That shouldn't be associated with the diagnosis, but, mm-hmm. um, that's tough. That's a tough one, you know, and, um, we definitely live in a hyper stimulated world, but yet require yeah. you to do little physical activity, you know, particularly like in public school settings. And that can be a challenge, right. Um, the exact mechanism isn't really well understood, but these, you know, medications you were kind of referring to are thought to kind of modulate those neurotransmitter activities yeah. in the dopaminergic and, yeah, and serotonin. Yeah. Yeah. Serotonin systems and kind of repattering cognitive and behavioral functions. So, mm-hmm. however, you know, the part that we get to kind of dive into and is more of the behavioral lifestyle, nutritional therapies, um, that can be essential components of kind of this personalized treatment approach that we take, um, which is where we like to support our, our members in managing, you know, such conditions as ADHD, but it could be hormone imbalances or gut issues or whatnot, um, using different therapies, um, and services and some additional therapies that definitely have to mention when it comes to ADHD is neurofeedback and cognitive training, both of those, um, types of therapies have really shown some promise in the behavioral intervention space. Um, and so there's a lot out there to do. And so, yeah, let's unpack some of the lifestyle stuff that somebody right. that's dealing with ADHD might think about if you're not already thinking about, or maybe even, you know, hone in a little bit tighter on some things. Yeah. So I want to kind of one quick point about the neurofeedback. I've been doing neurofeedback for the past um, month and a half, maybe two months. And one of the things, um, before I get there, so Tony and I, Dr. Evans and I used to work at Cerner and one of the common, uh, things that was said for people who used to work at Cerner was starting at Cerner was like drinking water out of a fire hose. Um, I think that description fits perfect with people oftentimes who who struggle with ADD and ADHD is you've got so much information that's coming at you that it's very challenging to kind of focus in on where that information is coming from especially you know me personally that's that's I really struggle with that is it really takes mental and and conscious focused for me to kind of hone in on that. And the neurofeedback for me has really helped kind of rein that in and, and really kind of help, help me with my, um, my focus in that piece. So, but there's other aspects of this. You, my friend are very well versed in nutritional lifestyle, you know, education from your training in functional med go through talk a little bit about some of the the nutritional lifestyle pieces that that you're familiar with or yeah that you know absolutely about. you know we know that diets rich in omega-3 fatty acids you know which you would find in fatty fish walnuts flax seeds uh, have been linked to lowering adhd uh, incidence 
Uh, conversely though, if you're eating a diet that's like really high in sugar and specific food additives, um, there's an association with increase of symptoms. And so you may start to look at your diet through, you know, are you getting the good fats? Are you staying away from those high sugar processed foods? Um, micronutrient deficiencies, uh, particularly in the, the B vitamin complex family, um, some specific minerals like zinc, magnesium, and iron can play a role in this too. Um, so making sure that you're getting adequate micronutrients and you're not, um, deficient or even just inadequate in these areas. You know, we talk about focusing more on optimal health, not just kind of scratching by. And so maybe you don't have a deficiency, but you're inadequate in these nutrients and you really need to have a robust supply of them regularly to the body to function at your top, top ability. Um, other things to look at, like certain pollutants, uh, can alter, can, can also alter your neuroimmune function. Um, and kind of be linked with ADHD. And this is like heavy metal toxicity, things like lead, mercury, cadmium, arsenic. Um, and so if that's the case, you know, that may present like you have ADHD when in fact you may have heavy metal toxicity. And so, um, if that's something you suspect or you're not sure that's something that can be, you know, tested in evaluated to find out if that's the case or not. Um, there's some exciting research linking botanical medicines like ashwagandha, ginseng, rhodiola, um, and uh, to kind of ADHD symptom management. And so there's some things to play with there. Um, so there's quite a bit to do on the nutritional side, both making sure that we don't have anything that's problematic or toxic to your body, whether it's coming from your diet or some kind of toxic exposure that you might've had. And then, um, you know, making sure that you're consuming through your diet and maybe supplementation, um, adequate amounts of these, uh, micronutrients that you need to function. Are in, in your functional med training programs that, that you do, are there lab tests or are there certain tests that you can test for some of these like nutrient deficiencies or the things that you know that people can yeah there's I don't a bunch know. of different tests to uh kind of evaluate kind of your body's current levels how are you utilizing certain things how are you metabolizing your food you know there's two kind of equations there one is are you even presenting your body with the right nutrients that you need to to be healthy and then just because we eat the perfect diet, sometimes we don't get all of the nutrients out of that food because our gut's not healthy and we don't have these um, cofactors to kind of even break down um, some of the food or we don't have a good microbiome in our gut. And uh, when, which the microbiome really supplies a lot of things like the majority, if not you know, maybe 80% or more of the serotonin that's made in the body is made from the bacteria in the gut. And so, um, gut health is just really important to that, but yeah, there's some tests to kind of evaluate that for sure. Well, and you already, that was actually going to be, you had alluded to some of the gut piece and I know we have put, we've sent some posts and we sent some stuff out there on or through our social media on like the importance of gut health. Um, that for me personally, I, I, I probably need to pay closer attention to like if I am off or if I'm not taking, um, or if I forgot to take my probiotic, if I notice 
more uh, changes in kind of my attention, my focus uh, when in that piece. And that's that's something that I personally haven't done. And I, I need I need to do a better job of paying more, closer attention to that, because, you know, like you had said, um, you know, the gut health is 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 really kind of, you know, is really super important. Um, yeah, totally, in regards man. to the gut piece, any, any other, anything else? Yeah. I was going to say, it, you know, that the microbiome's role in the neuroimmune function and its connection to ADHD is, you know, kind of a lot of new research, a lot of new focus on that. The gut is just so intimately connected with the brain, mm-hmm. um, you know, dietary prebiotic fibers, probiotics, postbiotic supplementations. Um, you know, people are, studying and testing this to see if this is, you know, going to help in the ADHD space. Um, I think it will based on what we know about the, the gut microbiome and how it is involved in everything, but, um, lifestyle factors, um, that kind of play into the gut and your overall health are, you know, stress management. And if you're super stressed all the time, we know that your immune system is taxed and your body's in this kind of fight or flight mode all the time. And that just destroys the gut. And, um, you know, a lot of times can accelerate some of these other issues that you might have. Sleep hygiene is really important. We did a whole podcast on sleep because I think sleep is just so critical and, uh, it's a low hanging fruit for people that doesn't require a lot of money or, you know, effort to really get that dialed in. Um, Another big area to talk about is screen time, you know, and that's, that's really vital in, in managing the ADHD symptoms, um, you know, especially in our younger populations where they are introduced to electronic devices at a very young age. They're very mm-hmm. stimulating. They obviously love them. There's video games and YouTube and all kinds of fun things to do with them, but mm-hmm. um, definite correlation between increased screen time and increased symptoms um, of ADHD. And so kind of cutting back on that and being, you know, honest with yourself, even if you're an adult, you know, many people have jobs where they have to be on a computer yeah. or some screen, right? Like all day. So you don't want to be on it all day for work and then go home and be on it all the time. And our, our brain just really doesn't love that. And our, yeah. our physiology shows that. Um, so there really is a lot to consider, but also a lot that people can do naturally, I think, to address the effects of ADHD. Um, as we've mentioned, it's important to make sure uh, you're not just suffering from heavy metal toxicity. Um, but aside from that, um, if you're dealing with ADHD, uh, a couple things that we've kind of mentioned to kind of recap a little bit are look at your diet, make sure you're getting plenty of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, you might consider supplementing. I, you know, make a good argument that it's, it's worth, that's one of those foundational supplements that I think it's just worth adding in. Most people don't get enough uh, omega-3s naturally, especially us here in the Midwest. Um, conversely, uh, you know, avoid the, the foods that are high in sugar, that are processed, uh, avoid a lot of foods that have food additives and colorings to them. Um, check for micronutrient deficiencies, particularly, you know, the B family, B vitamins, um, minerals like zinc, magnesium, and iron. Um, you could address, you know, if you're eating properly and you're taking some base level supplements, you know, a good multivitamin mineral, you're probably going to cover some of those holes if you're, if you're not getting those now. Um, address your microbiome. This is something through functional medicine that we in depth look at and test to see, you know, what's the health of the GI organs, 
you know, are we, are those organs functioning properly and secreting what they need? We look to see, do you have an abundant and diverse microbiome? Um, do we have a parasite in the gut and all those kind of fun things, but, um, think about adding, you know, prebiotic fibers and probiotics and postbiotics to your diet. Um, there's supplements for those things too. Um, consider, you know, where your stress levels are at, right. And like, how are you managing your stress? You can't really avoid stress every day, but there are tools and techniques to try to minimize and cope with the stress, like, you know, meditation and exercise or some breathing practices. Um, one of the tools that we use, um, that I was also going to mention too, just directly for ADHD, but, you know, we find that the neurofeedback is very yeah. stress reducing, um, and that can be very beneficial. Think about your sleep hygiene. You know, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting quality sleep? You know, what's your sleep environment look like? Think about cutting back on screen time as much as you can. I sometimes find that the phone screen is more um, obnoxious to the brain than just like a TV yeah. too. I think we've talked about that before. Um, try to get some physical activity, try to get out in nature. I think that's a good escape, kind of reset things. Um, and then, yeah, kind of hitting back on the neurofeedback thing. I think that's just a, a secret weapon that's out there for anybody that's really stressed, that's dealing with anxiety or depression, but certainly for ADHD and you've, you know, you've experienced some cool benefits in a short period mm -hmm. of time, uh, doing some neurofeedback. And that's something that we offer in the office. If anyone's ever wanting to just try it, you can come in for one session and, and experience it. And, uh, many times have a positive experience just from one session. So yeah. definitely worth checking out. Yeah. I noticed, um, uh, I noticed a, a shift. I think it was about the fifth, about the fifth session is when I really started to, you know, notice a change. And it was, it was, I think it was that sense of peace that, I know and the biggest or the first shift that I noticed was like a sense of like de-stressing. Um, the screen time piece is, I think is for me personally is huge. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, if you're, you know, like you said, on your phone, you're flipping through Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, and a lot of the stuff that people are feeding through there are like YouTube shorts or Instagram shorts or reels you know, those very short, very quick, and you can just like, boom, 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 you know, kind of really, really go through them. And that I I've noticed when I get caught into the wormhole, um, like I, that's not, it's not good for me when I, when I'm, when I'm doing that. Um, so yeah, I try to, I try to avoid. Yeah. I mean, that know, stuff is designed that, that and created to like, yeah you know, attract your attention, right. And keep your attention and give you those little quick dopamine releases. And so it is like a vicious cycle, you know, you, you get yeah. on there and then you're an hour later, you're still on yep. there and you're like, Whoa, you know, this got, t this got carried away from me. So, mm -hmm. um, and you know, something else to mention about neurofeedback, I, you know, we always make it sound like you got to have a condition or a diagnosis or a problem to do it. In fact, I do it regularly just for optimal cognitive function and performance. And I think mm -hmm. it, it has great benefits. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And you, you know, if, if you're interested, you listen to this one and you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, go back and listen to our, uh, our podcast episode with the interview with Elise, uh, Elise Thompson. She talks about the neurofeedback um, gives you a little bit of an explanation. Um, you can also on our website, 
under, uh, I think it's the services tab. If you click under services, there's neurooptimal neurofeedback. Um, there's an explainer video. It gives it a little bit more kind of context on kind of how it works and what it does. Um, so you can definitely take a listen to that. Uh, Tony, anything else uh, before we wrap it up? I think that's it, man. I kind of rattled through <clears throat> a summary. So yeah, check no. out our other podcasts for sure. Cool. Well, that's going to that's gonna do it for today's episode of Aligned to Thriving. Thank you for joining us today. Um, again, if you, know, if you or you know somebody that suffers from ADD, ADHD, uh, have them consider, talk to them about making some lifestyle changes that you know, we had listed uh, here. And I'll try to, I'll link those in uh, the description of this episode. Uh, so if you're listening and you look at the description, you should see those uh those in there if you want to go in in you know kind of more in depth as far as like specific testing you know uh, dr evans talked about uh the gut microbiome uh some of the deficiency testing um schedule discovery call on, on our website and we can we can talk a little bit more about it but until then uh that's going to do it for today thanks for tuning in and have a great day guys Take care, guys.